Hello and welcome to Who's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And uh, we've seen Venom, which I really enjoyed. I did as well. And I was expecting not to. And I think it, everyone seems to be having a rubbish time with it. But I think they're all taking it far too seriously. Yes. And it's um, a really entertaining, clumsy, fun movie with a good sense of humour. Well, at the beginning of the film, actually, I thought, oh, this is going to be dire. Because, you know, those whole scenes with Michelle Williams at the beginning where uh, the Tom Hardy character is being established and so on. You could tell how it was trying to be charming and funny, but it wasn't really coming off. Mm. So kind of my heart sank, really. Uh, um, and I thought, where is this going? Uh, um, but by the end, it had won me over completely. And I thought that actually the humor worked really well. And I certainly laughed. And, you know, uh, uh, I thought the special effects were fantastic. Um, so, it, I, yeah, it's yeah. kind of... I think they are taking it all far too seriously. I mean, it's not a, it's not a great movie, right? No, no. Uh, but it's a hugely entertaining one. And actually, there were... There were some chase sequences where I just gasped. I mean, there's you know there's this moment where Tom Hardy's on a on a motorcycle and he's going over one of those San Francisco hills, and the the motorbike leaves him behind, yeah, mm. and then he reaches out with the venom arms, and I just thought that's spectacular, it's fantastic, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've got to say actually the the action is the, the chases were. Probably the thing about the film that impressed me the least. Uh-huh. Um, I thought they were kind of fine, but I didn't. I wasn't hugely into them. Um, but I think there are. Well, okay. So let's let's say what it's about, which yes. is um, if you've seen Spider-Man three, or, or or indeed if you are familiar with the Spider-Man comics, then you'll be familiar with Venom. Um, who uh, there, there's a character called Eddie Brock, who's a sort of journalist, um, and this this sort of goo from space reaches Earth. It's called a symbiote. Um, it latches on to creatures, and then it basically it lives by attaching itself to them, and um, and uses it, up their organs in their body. Yeah, and also kind of manifests sort of great powers. So like it can it can shape shift and it can transform, and it's big and strong, and it has a personality. It's called Venom. This thing, is, and it speaks like this. It's yeah. evil alien voice. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, and so and so it it, it it through one way or another it ends up latching on to Eddie Brock. Um, and he is confused and scared by it, but becomes kind of empowered, right? Mm. Um, that's that's kind of enough without spoilers. Um, in in spoiler territory, what what I'd say is the the way that Venom turns out to not be kind of evil or or has a change of heart mm. is interesting. And I wish the film actually did something more with it. There are a couple of very, very clumsy scenes of exposition. Which, mm. uh, the writing in the film is not great. Mm. Um, and there are a couple of very clumsy scenes. There's one where he uh, he's explaining his um, weaknesses. They're in the back of the car with Michelle Williams. Mm. And, he's, and he says, Sound between four and 6,000 hertz kills me. Oh, and fire. Mm. Like, oh, fire kills you, does it? Well, how, what a convenient... I wonder how the film's going to end, then. Mm. Because we haven't seen any fire yet. Um, but it's it's just... It's really silly that, like, that would be... I mean, I, it's, I guess it's like a comic book thing, that, like, you have very specific weaknesses, but still, that's silly. Also, the fact that it's also been established that he does need to latch onto a body to survive on Earth. Mm. So it's not just sound of a specific frequency mm. and fire. 
the environment on Earth is not conducive mm. to keeping venom alive. But hey, uh, you just ignore that, right? <laughs> and the other, <laughs> and the other thing is, um, and the other thing is, uh, when he has this change of heart, he decides that actually I'm going to stick around on Earth um, because there's this other symbiote called Riot who is sort of the leader and he's a baddie and he's he wants to bring. The plan is to bring all of these other symbiotes to Earth and take over. It's the change of heart that I missed, actually. I didn't understand where the yes. change of heart came from. Exactly. This is uh. it, right? So he, he basically says to, to Eddie Brock, I, I, I want to stay here. He, there is this thing about I'm a loser on my planet. He calls Eddie a loser. Because yes. Eddie's not entirely hugely successful. I mean, he is in some ways, but he's... Of course he's good. He starts off with his own TV show. He blows it, right? He, I mean, and, uh, and Venom calls him a loser. Um, and he calls him Puss at one point as well. Um, and But then it turns out, Venom says, actually, on my planet, I'm kind of a loser. Yes, we're um, twins. <laughs> uh, I, I know, and so yeah. I, I... But if, we, if we're if we here, we can become more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's an interesting idea, which is not worked through. The film does quite a lot of that. Like, there's also this idea, which... Um, the film starts off with uh, Eddie and Annie uh, engaged. Um, and then when he kind of steals the information and uh, to try and expose the life corporation, he um, fucks it all up and she leaves him. But there is this idea that, like, that in a weird way, the film is sort of like a romantic comedy with Eddie and Venom. And okay. I and yes, I okay. And I, I, guess and that. I want and I think that because the it doesn't it's not an accident. The film starts off with those two getting married. Mm. This idea of like of of becoming one mm. but like sharing one life together mm. you know um, I thought there was something in it I thought the film even as a joke I thought the film would make something of that like making a joke that that, that then Eddie was married to Venom which mm. it doesn't do but like, I, I think there's something in there that the film almost brings up and then ignores there's well, this idea that they, they kind of that when Venom decides I'm going to stay on Earth it, because it's better for me and we can be together <laughs> No, but actually, there's the. I mean, yes, and and that's a really interesting point. But I think it. I think the film does more with it than you're suggesting because then there's the whole porch conversation at the end, where he says something like, "Oh, she belongs. She belongs with us. We yeah. have to, you know." So actually, you yeah. So so so, and of course, she has also inhabited his body, right? And actually, them being part of one is also you know, part of what makes her long for Tom Hardy at the end. So actually, the film is doing kind of interesting things about, you know, in relation to all of that. And only a tiny little bit. I don't think it does enough. I think actually it's, a, it's something that is ignored, really. I think, it's I, not, think, I think it's not very well worked through, but it is suggested. Also this idea, again, this idea, of, uh, this isn't such a lack, I suppose, but the idea when he calls Eddie a pussy for not jumping out the window and taking the lift instead. Yes. I thought it, it was hinting at a kind of... Um, there's an idea of a kind of lack of manliness in Eddie until Venom comes along and all of a sudden is powerful. Um, but but that is that's actually the, that's not really there. And that's something that I well I, again I disagree. I think it's there through Tom Hardy's performance and also the way that he's visualized for us physically, because you know unlike in some films where he's paired with people you know, shorter than he is to make him seem larger. Here he's always paired with people who are much taller than he is to make him seem frail and smaller, right, and suffering, 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but then the idea, the, the, the idea of then Venom kind of coming and changing that is, I think, actually what the film doesn't do. But I don't really have a problem, actually, with the film not doing that, because I think that could have ended up being really retrograde. The idea that, like, to be more of a man, you basically have to be big and strong and start punching things more would have been a, 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 a predictable and B, not entirely healthy idea. <laughs> and so I think the, the fact that the film doesn't do that, it, it does something a little different and says, I'm a loser too, in a weird way. Yes, um, though it also does do that. I mean, think of the neighbor, the heavy metal neighbor playing the, hev you know, the heavy metal music. Yeah, but we'll put it this way. It's not something that helps him win Michelle Williams back. Mm. It's not. If, 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 in another film, it would be. Okay, yeah. I think we have kind of like a quite a you know, considerable disagreement in this film because... Of course you, it's not. There's a scene where Venom has taken over her body and she's gone on the chase after him mm. when they've separated. Yeah, when, you know, through the frequency, the bodies have been separated. And, you know... It looks like the venom is about to eat Tom Hardy, and instead it ends up being like a kiss. And then, like as one, the host moves from one body, you know, to another. They're kind, you know, they're kind of linked in those ways. I think they're. I think yeah, they're, but I'm talking about the idea of manliness. It's like that Michelle Williams, in an, in a different version of this film, Michelle Williams' character would have come back to Eddie at the end, going, you know, you're such a man now because of what Venom has given you. That's not what it is. No, no. Well, that's, that's, that's what, what I mean. Well, I, I I found all of that in the film really interesting. The fact that, you know, at the very beginning of the film, uh, he he does something that he shouldn't. He goes into her private uh, uh, um, laptop and her e and her mail and opens up a case that's confidential and basically you know she that's it for her you know and I thought that was wonderful and it was beautifully handled and you yeah. know when she shows up with another man and the way that the other man is actually really nice you know there's so many ways that one could have played that and you know to make him kind of nice and to make them a couple and to make them comfortable being a couple I thought that was really interesting and unusual yeah, I like that too. Let's not talk about missed opportunities. Let's talk about what the film realizes because actually, you know, I I disagree with uh, uh, you know most of the reviewers. I actually think it's much better than people have it. So kind of, you know, let's talk about what is good about it. Really, well, it's really funny. It's really funny uh, at the end. Uh, well, I kind of as I said, I didn't I I I didn't like the beginning. But, you know, as soon as Venom comes in, it becomes really funny. As soon as Tom Hardy is talking to his alter ego, yeah, yeah. that's when it kind of really takes off for me. Which, to uh, be fair, that's actually quite a while in. It's got to be... I mean, it's a good... It's about 40 minutes or more before, that's right. before they get attached. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of scene setting and, and character building before then. Yes. Um, so... Right, I mean, I don't think any of that was bad. Like, I liked the way it was kind of building... The world that he lives in and the and the, the personality that he has, but then um, you're right that once Venom attaches to him mm. and he starts talking to himself and the physical performance gets elevated, that he starts like fighting with his own body, um, then it livens up a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think Tom Hardy is completely great, uh, and he alone is reason enough to see the film. You know, so kind of you you know, uh, he's 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 got stubble. He you know he. He looks like he's let himself go. He looks like somebody like really troubled throughout. You know, it's kind of, it's almost like he carries a cloud with him throughout. You know, throughout the film, actually. Uh, you know, even even from the beginning, I think. Uh, and he's just great. 
Yeah. Um, I, I from the trailer, I actually was worried about because I thought, I thought his accent didn't sound that great in the trailer. For one thing, mm. he's he's got a very broad sort of New York accent, but you know, actually, it started to work for me. I think in the within the tone of the film. It works because there is a kind of broadness. I mean, look at Venom, for instance. Like, there's nothing understated about the way Venom looks and the way he yes. behaves. Like, he's just, he's this huge rictus grin, mm. you know, covered in black goo. Like his lips never touch. Like, like when he speaks, his his he's so committed to this grin that his lips never meet when he makes the, mm. any sound. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's unrealistic. Oh, well, unrealistic. Isn't it? But like, it's <laughs> it's it's silly, and it and it's actually kind of you notice it. But like I think you notice it in the best way. Like you know, you can't take your eyes off this yes. huge, creepy grin that he has. I mean, it kind of you know. I I once uh, Venom came in, like I was with the film all of the way, uh, and there was and there, there were some things that I really liked very much. I really loved the way that the 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 symbiosis of Venom um, and the Tom Hardy character, uh, the way that it's visualized, the way that kind of. You know, you have like the sinew, uh, liquid sinew that grows out of him. Yeah. You know, that can become uh, 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 solidified, uh, and the way that it can extend from different parts of the body. And you know, I think it kind of lends itself to a very kind of visual, but also mobile, yeah, uh, kind of imagery, really. Um, that uh, to me was a real pleasure to watch. Yeah, and um, I also and the imagery when when the symbiote is not attached um, to a creature and you see it moving around the way the way that it's it's sort of goopy and sticky and and climbs and attaches itself to surfaces mm. creepy as hell let's talk a little bit about uh, uh Riz Ahmed yeah because he's the villain to me he's a major weakness right like one of the things in this film is that the easter egg at the end kind of brings up Woody Harrelson right yeah and Woody Harrelson is on screen for like you know 60 seconds or something and it's just he's just thrilling to watch <laughs> you know so yeah. I think I think actually that Riza Med is a problem because as you say it's not that he's doing anything wrong but actually he's miscast you know to me he doesn't have like no he doesn't have it he, he doesn't have it yeah and he, he doesn't have um, and he doesn't make much with that performance actually so you know all of these villains in, in these films in a way you could say they're, they're all underwritten or whatever but actually, you know, if you have like a star performer play that role, they bring something to it. And actually, the thing with Riz Ahmed is he's not—he's not per se doing anything wrong, but he's not making much of it. Your cake is ready. My cake is ready, and I'm going to go check it. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be a second. Well, actually, the whole back end of the film is is kind of shonky as well. When, when like when they're having the climactic fight. Um, on the spaceship, or the spaceship's about to take off because because Riz Ahmed slash Riot wants to get into space to to get all the other symbiotes here to take over, and Venom decides I'm going to stop him. Um, like that is clearly the climactic fight when it's happening. Like you don't just have a fight on a spaceship that's taking off in the middle of a film. Yes. Um, and at the time, I'm still thinking like, wait, this is the end. Like there seems to be so much left to develop. Like, like for instance, why Venom had had this change of heart. I think it's a huge problem in the film that that it just happens. Mm. I think actually that the film the film sacrifices things like that because it wants to really just concentrate on the entertainment value of seeing Venom and Eddie interact and seeing them interact with other people mm. and other things. Like that's hugely entertaining, and 
it's the, the film is so enamoured with that 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 it means that there's no space left to explain in any like to to really develop why Venom would want to stay. He just goes, "No, I like it here. I've yeah. decided I like it here." <laughs> yeah. you know? It's a very good imitation that you do. <laughs> it's not like Bane, is it? You know, it's not. It's 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 just a general kind of. Oh, I'm an evil guy. Still, I th- I found it very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean that's, so. I, that is the tone of the whole film. It is really broad. Yes. You know that that New York accent, like I was saying, really broad, and I was worried that it would be rubbish, but actually just totally works because everything in the film is really broad. Yes. And and you just go with it, man. And um, so I like the special effects. I like the chase sequences. I love Tom Hardy's performance. Uh. And I love the use of San Francisco in the film. Mm. Um, you know, kind of, I love the cityscape, the skyline, uh, you know, the, the, how it's deployed as a site for action. Yeah, you get kind of a real sense of action taking place in you know, a very specific place uh, that I like very much. Uh, and I also like the way that, what was it, the Life Corporation, is that what it's mm. called? Yeah. Yeah, you know, the way that that was visualized as like, you know this little spaceship kind of design on the in the in the midst of a hill, you know across the bay. Um, I I kind of I liked all of that. Yeah. Um, so um, ignore the critics and give it a go. You know we, yeah. we and ignore our criticism as well because we've got some, but it doesn't change the fact the film is really really good fun. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean it's a film with with you know quite considerable faults. Uh, but it's great fun. It was very enjoyable, and it kind of it did all the things that it was supposed to do, at least with me. I found it very funny. There were moments that I, you know, I kind of went back because, you know, I was a bit scared. Yeah, like, you, you get a boom. And then there were moments that were just kind of exciting to watch, really. So, you know, a film that kind of elicits all of those different visceral effects is not the nothing that... You know, everyone else. Everyone else seems to be saying. And a film that actually, like I say, for for the fact that it takes forty minutes or more to get these characters together, mm. um, like that that whole opening, I really, I mean, you might have had your problems with it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the way it built. I, I liked what it developed of of Eddie's character and his kind of social conscience, and there was so much in him that you kind of felt could be corrupted mm. when Venom got involved, which actually was not. Yes. Right? Like, I, I was watching the, the, the original three Spider-Man movies the other day, the, the Sam Raimi trilogy. Mm. I watched them recently, um, especially Spider-Man 3, which people, people have a horrible time with and people have really bad memories of. And actually, it's so good mm. in so many ways. It's like it, the end of it just kills the whole thing, mm. but there's lots of really, really great stuff in there. Um, and... I was noticing this kind of thing, and I, it might be a more general sort of superhero-y thing, but I did notice it particularly with the Spider-Man films, of the idea of being um, like, a, like a good, normal person, 
being transformed or taken over by something. Like people aren't just bad in these films. Mm. People start off good and then something happens to them. Mm. So with Norman Osborn, it's the he uses that poison on himself and he gets taken over by by the Green Goblin. But that starts off as like a voice in his head, like mm. Venom does here. Mm. It does it doesn't just turn him evil. It's something else in him that takes him over. Mm. With Doctor uh, Doctor Octopus in the second film, it's the arms that you know. <laughs> there's this really there's a really silly warning where it's like he puts these arms on. And someone says, "Isn't there a possibility that the the AI in these things could take you over?" And he's like, "Very true. That's why." I've... <laughs> he, goes, he goes, "Absolutely, they could. That's why I put this really flimsy inhibitor chip uh. on the outside, which can be broken at a moment's notice, which obviously happens. Then the arms take him over. But then at the end of the film, he kind of he's still in there, mm. and he fights the arms back and sacrifices himself to save New York." Um, and then Spider-Man Three, uh, again, like Sandman has the same sort of thing where he he is he, he's a, he's a criminal, but he's he only steals because he wants to support his his child. And he, I think his kid needs healthcare or something. So there's a whole thing about that too. Um, and you know he's kind of being chased, and ultimately, like left to his own devices, he would be a good person. You get the feeling, mm. you know. And there's uh, um, and and then there's the Venom thing, where. Venom takes over Spider-Man and Spider-Man starts becoming a villain in that film. He gets very, very full of himself and, and Venom kind of latches onto him mm. um, and just makes him the worst version of himself, which, mm. is when, which is when the film starts to fall apart and you get that awful thing with the emo hair and it's just the campiest, silliest version of evil you've ever seen, which didn't work for people. But you can see what the film's going for. Like Spider-Man becomes a villain in that film, and there's a scene where he forgives Sandman at the end and lets him go, which is really about redemption of Spider-Man, not redemption of Sandman. Mm. And then, the, and then Venom latches onto Eddie Brock instead, who is a dick in that film. And the reason that, and those two get on so well because it's just like evil meets evil, and they get on famously. So there's a thing about about instead of just being an evil person, like there's someone in there that that is latched onto it. And this is what's going on in this. Like, the, like the, the thing about in Venom, you get this really visceral feeling of the symbiote living inside Eddie. Mm. You know? It's not like, it, it's, it's not like he's, it doesn't transform him. Eddie is totally there and he's not changed really by it. Mm. He's very scared of it. Mm. And they have this relationship. The, and that's like so fundamental to, to, to why the film works and the way it works the way it does. And, so the and the way that's kind of visually represented by you know like when when the sound is played and you get this kind of phasing image of mm. the symbiote coming out and not coming out and the idea that like it can partially come out goes through his pores mm. the idea that they are separate and just living together mm. I find I, I just I really enjoyed and I think it really fit with with what I kind of the, the ideas that I previously had and the, the, what I was watching of the Spider-Man films recently and just mm. really I don't know what can I say I really I just liked. You see, what I found kind of most interesting, you know, aside from what I said about the special effects and the chase scenes and so on, is actually what Tom Hardy does with the character. Because kind of, you know, what he depicts is this is this very kind of frail masculinity, really. Yeah, that is then in pain. Like, you know, so it's like throughout the film, mm -hmm. it's like what he what's happening to him is he goes through kind of constant needs so he's cold he's hungry he's shivering he's frail he's vulnerable yeah like kind of you know it's it's amazing kind of it's almost like the opposite of, of being heroic really it's like he's a heroic against his will almost yeah yeah kind yeah. of you know and all that you see is kind of 
you know, uh, um, a suffering person. And actually, the suffering person is because he ba he basically made a bad moral decision at the beginning under the guise of being like a, a, a do-gooder, yeah? So I kind of like all of that aspect of the film, actually, and I think there's something interesting to explore there in terms of, you know, yeah, what kind of a man is, what, what's Tom Hardy's character? Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Brock. You know, I think, I think it's a really great performance and a really interesting way of characterizing this person, of making this person, you know, the center of a superhero film. Yeah, well, superhero-ish. Like this is the the other thing. Like superhero-ish. That's yeah, good. Yes. Yeah. So like it's it's Venom is a villain, right? Venom is a villain, and um, so like this is he's he's kind of a hero here because ultimately, like the point is, Venom changes his mind to to save the Earth because he decides he likes it here, um, and Eddie is has made a bad decision, but he's there's no way he's a villain. You couldn't possibly conceive yeah, him yeah. as a villain. Um, and he's not, and again he's like he's not corrupted by Venom, or at least he's not corrupted insofar as he's still ultimately good. But like he does say to Venom at the end, like, okay, if you can, if you need to eat people, we're just going to eat the very worst people. Yes. <laughs> but like there's a kind of corruption in there. Yes. But it's like you know, it's, it's um, there's like a Robin Hood sort of corruption. Like, yes. yeah, just eat the worst ones. I thought um, the in the the end with the holdup in the grocery store was you know, an interesting thing because you could see also there, you know, why the film, though entertaining as it is, it's not really great. And actually it's partly because it makes dodgy decisions like that. Mm -hmm. So you could see that Venom was going to eat that gangster, right? Almost from the very beginning. But there's a moment in between where uh, he says, if you do this again, you know, I will eat your arm and your leg and whatever. And I think, okay, good. That's a moral decision because... You know, you're deciding here not to take a life. You're giving someone a chance, right? Yeah. And then actually, that goes right out the window. <laughs> uh, that wasn't that wasn't the problem I had with it. The problem that I had with that was a. I thought the end was a bit over long, but um, but I think it's like he promises. You know, I'm going to eat your arms and then your legs and then your face off your head. Mm. And then when he actually goes, actually, I'm going to eat him. It just cuts away. Yeah. I know it wants to be a twelve A, but like that's really like, come on, just show me. <laughs> <laughs> you you gore monster. <laughs> you know, that, that is, I think that's that's the value. Of, like, that's what I want to see in art. It's not there. So I have a bit more confidence. Just show something really. You know, do it do it over the top, so it's not like like realistic. You know, mm. kind of kind of gory, but just like do it, man. I want to see that. Okay. That's very boring. But um, just to finish the point, because we were talking about um about. The idea that it's like it's like a superhero, but it's not quite because Venom is a villain, mm. and Venom ultimately survives the movie, or the, which again I think is dodgy because like you, you just think he's he's died in the fireball, but then mm. it's just like oh no, he's still there, fine. So he's still there, and obviously he's gonna he's gonna then play some part, mm. presumably, mm. Um, in in later Spider-Man movies and possibly mm. the Marvel universe. Um, but then, like, as what, right? Is he going to be? Is he going to then start becoming a villain? But isn't that interesting? Because it opens up all those possibilities. Well, no, I'm interested to see the possibilities, but like, it's it's curious to see. And it's also kind of an interesting film because, at least for most of the film, the hero and the villain are one. Yeah, or they're united in the same body. Let's say, right? So I think that's very interesting. Uh, then, of course, it brings up another antagonist. Um, yeah, and I kind of I regretted that the double structure uh, uh, posited Tom Hardy and his symbiote 
vis-a-vis Rizamed and his symbiote. I think it would have been better, you know, to or more interesting to have not given Rizamed, you know, a symbiote as well. It's that's felt a bit cliché-ish, really. Yeah, that was well. I guess it had like it had to be in a way like that. That's what gives you that. That's what then brings you the idea of like why Venom kind of fancies it on Earth, where he's away from the, you know, like he's I'm such a loser on my planet. But I can be a king here, you know. Yes. That's where you get, kind of get that from. I get that, but it was a little bit like um, uh, the Angley Hulk film, where it was just like, "Who's the villain of the Hulk?" Just a bigger electric Hulk, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I'm just going to see who who did the voice of Venom. I wonder if it was Hardy. I thought it was Tom Hardy. It is Tom Hardy doing the voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a James Brown lounge lizard-like voice for Venom. Yes, it did. <laughs> if, if you like, um, but it's interesting to me because I mentioned Bane, and obviously that's a that's that's become kind of iconic. That mm. voice, you know. Yes. You know. Yes, the fire rises. Well, I think which I is... can't do nearly as well because no. it's not as it's not nearly as broad. Yes. Um, but I thought it was very good. It, it, was, it was very funny. It was. You know? fun. So it's kind of it's a great performance, really. On, on it's a great series of two performances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can say like like Bane doesn't work in this film, just as Venom doesn't work in the in the Dark Knight Rises. Like it's, it's just like the tone is so different, but he but he makes they both work perfectly for what they what they're doing. They do. Uh, so he adds all the humor as well as all the suffering. And last uh, thing, you wanted to mention the director, I think, well, Ruben Fleischer. Yes. Who. You said you said you like his movies. No, I didn't say that. Oh, didn't I you? said I didn't that I'd seen uh, oh, right, okay. more of his films than I expected. Okay. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, none of them really stand out. <laughs> oh, Zombieland! Zombieland was the one that with Woody Harrelson and um, Ossie's Bananas from Ghostbusters. Bill Murray. Oh right, that's that great Bill Murray cameo. I don't remember it. Oh, it's great. It's if it. it, it Look for it on YouTube. Okay. It's the Zombieland Bill Murray bit is great. This had a Stan Lee cameo. You didn't <laughs> roll your eyes for once. <laughs> well, I, you know. I, it made uh, a joke about his dog looking delicious. Yes. Um, Actually, the dog. We forgot the dog. The dog was so funny. <laughs> there's, this little, there's this little dog in the hospital. It's the last thing. There's a little, there's a little dog in the hospital. Uh, which is one of the it's the, some other patient's little dog, and and like the dog's barking away at Venom, and it's one of those things like the dog can tell, yeah. <laughs> and um, but I'm like he's he's gonna eat the dog, he yeah. has to eat the dog, and what happens to the dog is so much better than that. He inhabits the dog, <laughs> he gets inside the dog. It's so great because because you know it's happened because it doesn't show it, but it it just cuts away in the right yeah. way. You know you know it's happened, and and so the eyes glow. But it's it's before that. Oh, it's right. before that because it's it's it cuts away. Uh, when the symbiote comes out and you know it's going to get into the dog. And then you've got all the baddies leaving the hospital searching for Eddie, who no longer has Venom. And then the little dog is going down the horse. <laughs> and this is like before its eyes glow. It's just it's a little, it's such a tiny little like toy, whatever yes. dog. And it's going, doo, doo, doo. but you know that the most evil thing in the world is in there. It's so great. And then its eyes glow. And it's like, remember the bit with the dog in the Meg? Where you know the dog's swimming yeah, away, yeah, yeah. and you know that the thing's coming after. It's just like that. Like it's it's because it's it's the tiniest, cutest little thing, and the most evil. <laughs> like, yeah, I really love that. You're such a sadist. It's like <laughs> I, thought it was, oh, I thought it was lovely. But no, I like the fact that the dog. Well, you don't see the dog die. You assume, I guess, it must have eventually. But um, I like that. Like even though it didn't die, which it was initially what I wanted, it was even more entertaining. Okay. <laughs> 
we need to wrap it up now. Yeah. It's great. Go see it. I'm not I'm not even gonna it's just great, man. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies. Yeah, we're on SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, um, eavesdropping at the movies.com, and we're, something else probably. We're everywhere. On YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Bye bye.